There's good news and bad news in the latest snapshot of Australia's carbon emissions. Emissions from electricity generation are falling as more renewable energy projects come online. But overall emissions increased by 300,000 tonnes, driven by transport and agricultural production. Fiona Simpson is the president of the National Farmers Federation and joins us on Breakfast. Welcome. Uh, Thanks, PK. Lovely to be here. A lot of this is being attributed to the end of the drought. How has that affected agricultural production and why is that causing emissions to rise? Yeah, look, it's it's a really interesting thing and unpacking some of the complexities in these figures is is fascinating. So end of the drought, of course, means that we've had rain, uh, in some cases way too much rain, but it means a nice full, what we call in farming land, soil moisture profiles, which allows farmers to to maximise that moisture and, and turn that into food crops. And in the summer cropping season, which is what we're just emerging from, that, that means crops like wheat for, for bread and pasta and barley that, that goes into beer and, and other things. So because of those opportunities, then you know we grow. You know, we actually have to use you know more fossil fuels as we as tractors plant those crops, as we put fertilisers on this cro- on those crops, which have a, an emissions profile as well. And then of course, as we harvest those crops and get those off farm and into to people's um, you know storages or, or actually offshore and going to other countries around the world, particularly at the moment with what's happening in in the Ukraine, uh, we also see livestock numbers uh, again growing. Again, partly as a result of the rain, we've got lots of of great um, natural grasslands and and fodder around Australia. And uh, so people's herds have been increasing as they want animals to actually turn that grass into food. Um, And and, um, and that also has um, an impact on the emissions profile. So whilst it's never great when your figures go the wrong way, PK, by the same token, um, this is not unexpected given the season that we've had. There's a lot of work being done to bring down emissions from electricity. Does this highlight the need to focus more on sectors like agriculture? I think we've got a. Uh, this is, you know, really a great example of well, where we've got to to walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, and some of these outcomes and the, that we're really seeking in, as we move towards a lower carbon economy are going to take some time. And in agriculture, uh, we've been focusing on it for some years, and we've seen our emissions decrease incredibly um, since 2015. But some of those things around innovation and technology. So how do we lower emissions uh, in livestock, for example, and also in some of the machinery uh, and fertilisers that we use? Um, and how can we also uh, increase the sequestration in our soils while continuing to grow food? And that's about innovation and technology and the development of those technologies, the development of those future fuels, the understanding of the, the for example, the seaweed that is, is lowering um, animals' emissions, the ability to capture more methane in intensive livestock operations. All those things take time and we are uh, well on the way and with more investment in that space. Um, then we think we can progress even quicker um, towards some of those goals that we have. But it's going to take investment, it's going to take time, it's going to take a serious push by not just agriculture, which we believe we're well on the journey to, but also, of course, investment by government and others um, as we need to keep growing food um, for an expanding global population. Agricultural production is absolutely key, of course, to our future. Climate change is making that harder. What are the broader challenges here? 
Yeah, look, it's very much um, making sure that we keep everything in the picture. There's a lot of balls in the air here. And uh, this government is doing a good job at the moment of focusing on our need to keep growing food, our need to keep um, lowering emissions, our need to keep sequestering more carbon, our need to make every industry do their job and, and focus on their tasks. So you mentioned renewable energy in terms of electricity, but also we need to look at uh, you know alternative fuels. We need to look at um, where we're going to get those future energies, the future energy from and fossil fuels, all those different things. So we need to make sure that we can do it all while progressing towards a lower carbon economy. And PK agriculture is absolutely littered with examples of things where we've brought in um, something to, to do a job without looking at the broader impacts, things like cane toads and rabbits. Um, at the time, it seemed like a good idea. You know, if we bring in cane toads, they'll eat the in, eat the insects, less less chemicals, all those things. But we know how, how devastating they've been in ecosystems across the north. So we don't want to do that here. Um, we want to make sure we can keep growing food and fibre for Australia and the world. We do it. Some of the some of the best agricultural enterprises in the world are in Australia in terms of our efficiency, our water use efficiency, and our emissions intensity. So we want to keep doing that. But of course, we have to do a better job of it in terms of you know sequestering more carbon in the landscapes that we manage. And you actually see that mostly in that Lulu CF box um, in the figures, as well as of course growing food and fibre. Yeah. Um, there's been criticism of uh, the decision to allow companies in the safeguard mechanism, which you support, uh, of using unlimited access to carbon credits. But this latest emissions report demonstrates, I suppose, the, the challenges for agriculture. What do you make of that yeah. criticism of, of unlimited access to carbon credits? Look, we, we need to be just really cautious about, particularly about offsets in the safeguard mechanism. So the safeguard mechanism is a it's a good tool in terms of making sure that, uh, you know, the, the fossil fuel companies in particular are focusing on their task of trend going towards a lower carbon economy uh, and, and making the investments in some of that innovation and technology that we're going to need to do that. But where we need to be cautious, and I think the NFF presented at a, at a hearing yesterday in Parliament House, where we talked about um, the caution around offsets. It's very easy to tick a box and say, yes, we're going to just keep doing what we're doing and offset that by buying, you know, some land and planting some trees. Now, it just doesn't work like that. Um, and whilst it's it's good that land, agricultural land in particular, can sequester carbon and can sequester more carbon if we know how it works and, and how deep the carbon is and how we can increase that. But it's not as simple um, as just, you know, buying up all the land, taking it out of food production and planting trees. Uh, long term, you know, the, the ability of that land to sequester carbon, for example, declines, but also uh, we're taking it out of food production. So that's our biggest caution around the safeguard mechanism is that the we, we think it's right that that there's a percentage at the moment that, the, that we cannot go over. We we don't want big companies just buying up agricultural land willy-nilly and offsetting what they're doing without making those steps to, to transition towards a lower carbon economy in what they do in their own innovation and technology themselves. So uh, we know that the opposition is going to vote against the safeguards mechanism. Have you been urging them to support it? Have you lobbied them to support this policy? Look, I st we stay out of the um, we stay out of the politics of it. Why? PK, to be honest, why? Why? Why do we stay out of it? Because we lobby about what's important to agriculture and the safeguard mechanism. Other than this offsets piece, 
is actually is is about is about more about fossil fuel companies than it is about agriculture. So we talk to the opposition most definitely about some of the innovation and technology in our industry. We talk about some of the things that are important to us. We've certainly discussed the offsets with them. Um, we were. Um, in Minister Littleproud's ear when he determined the 30% limit um, and with a ministerial veto, which we think is about right. Um, so those aspects of it we, we we talk about and others we stay to our lane. We don't need to dabble in other industries' um, issues. Um, we, we, talk to, we talk to the politicians when we need to and most definitely at the moment we're working with the government towards making sure that we can get the investment we need because we've got an eye on our own figures um, in terms of growing food and fibre, transitioning to a lower carbon economy and more importantly you know continuing to to fix up some of those food systems that are failing around the world that are seeing hundreds of millions of people literally every year starving um, we need to keep uh, you know that we have this COVID we have conflicts we have climate change we, we've got to keep feeding the world and that's our task and so that's what we we're concentrating on. Fiona thank you so much for joining us this morning. Pleasure. Thanks, PK. Fiona Simpson is the president of the National Farmers Federation. You're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app. Hi, podcasters. Just thought I'd give a quick shout out to The Science Show. I read your text, so I know you all love a good science story. Of course you do. So check out The Science Show with the fabulous Robin Williams on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.